is she? At home? She thought we should talk. I don't believe you. It's true. Call her if you like. Cigarette? I have my own. We'll try one of these. They're Russian. Mario heard the cigarettes being lit, and then the balding man say, What's your secret? My secret? You've barely aged in ten years. Nine. It feels longer, does it? I miss Malta. Oh, I doubt that. You don't seem very pleased to see me. What did you expect? The last time I saw you, you tried to kill me. Mario almost toppled a wine glass on table ten. Oh, is that what they told you? asked the balding man. They didn't have to. I was there, remember? <laughs> You're wrong. I could have killed you. Maybe I should have. I chose not to. The other man gave a short snort of derision. Mario was well out of his depth now, and regretting his decision to eavesdrop. Help came in the form of a large party of diners who blew in through the door on a gale of laughter. Mario couldn't see them from where he was lurking. "'Isn't that the actor everyone's talking about?' said the balding man. "'I think so. I'm not sure a fedora and a cloak suit a fellow that short. He looks like a kid playing at Zorro.' "'Definitely table two, thought Mario, swooping from his hiding place to greet the new arrivals. Malta, April 1942 she knew the cemetery well. Not every gravestone, tomb, and mausoleum, but most. She certainly knew it well enough to tread its twisting pathways with confidence, even on a moonless night such as this. Before the blackout restrictions, she would have been assisted on her way by a constellation of flickering candles. But with the deep darkness as her only companion, she still walked with confidence and purpose. The mellow scent of pine sap came at her clear on the warm night breeze. Tonight, however, it did battle with the rank odour of decay, of putrefaction. Two wayward German bombs, or possibly Italian, now that the Cicci Macaroni were back, had smacked into the hillside the previous night during a raid, reducing family tombs to rubble and wrenching coffins from the thin soil. Corpses in various states of decomposition had been scattered in all directions, their rude awakening like some dress rehearsal for the Day of Judgment. It was Father de Bono who had drawn this parallel for their benefit at early morning mass, and while it was the sort of observation for which he was known, and which endeared him to the younger members of his flock, his willingness to flirt with irreverence was a source of ongoing distrust among the more elderly. Many had furrowed their brows. Some had even tut-tutted from their pews. She knew where her sympathies lay, though. She knew that it was Father de Bono, not old Grec, and his wizened, holier-than-thou sister, who had spent that day in the thick of it, toiling through the pitiless heat and the inhuman stench to ensure that all the corpses were recovered and reburied with all the proper rites. Judging from the smell, 
Father de Bono and his small band of helpers had not been able to complete their grim task before nightfall, and she picked up her pace a little at the thought of the rats feasting on flesh nearby. She had always hated rats, even before the war, before the stories of what went on beneath the rubble of the bombed-out buildings had begun to circulate. That's when she saw the light up ahead, a flickering flame, the vague contours of a face, a man lighting a cigarette. Then darkness once more. She slowed, more from respect than fear. With the cemetery doing a roaring trade, it was not the first time she'd come across some grieving soul while making her way home from work in the early hours of the morning. She had once heard deep male sobs in the darkness, and had removed her shoes so that the unfortunate person would not be disturbed by her footfalls on the paved pathway.